Titus 2 says that the older women are to encourage the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to be sensible, pure, makers of a home where God is honored. Wherever you're at on your Titus 2 journey today, I think that God has some much needed biblical wisdom to pour into us when it comes to the subjects of marriage and parenting. Well, hey, sweet friends out there. I am so excited because right now I get to do one of my favorite things, and that is sit by my adorable husband and talk about two subjects that are passionate on my heart, which is marriage and parenting through the biblical perspective. And so I'm excited to have you here today. Glad to be here. Just love doing this with my beautiful wife. And as I said in part one, just amazing to listen to you speak into people's lives because I know that I am so blessed as a husband and I know our kids are so blessed to have you as a mom. And so listen up, audience. She's got some good things to share with you for certain. Well, I don't know about that, but I wish you guys could see us though because we are in our garage huddled together around one microphone. So I like being this close to you. And I'm glad we like both brushed our teeth too. It's very good. And also <laughs> buying a second microphone might be a good idea also. <laughs> maybe, maybe, because we did, like I said on part one, we got a lot of questions from you on social media about what you want us to talk about. So we'll definitely have you back. And yes, as much as I like sharing one microphone with you, maybe we should go ahead and aim to buy another one so that we can have you back on April 2nd. But I want to take just a few minutes to... Talk about marriage. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay, that was a little awkward being so close to the microphone. But anyway, um, so to take a few minutes to talk about marriage with you from biblical perspective, and we've been married 23 and a half years now. So what is maybe the one thing or two things that have been most important to you in marriage? Well, I think for me, the most important thing is just to take right off from what we're told in the, the book of Ephesians, you know, uh, speaking from to, to husbands, you know, the, the husband is told there to love his wife like Christ loves the church. And we've all heard the Bible studies, and it's so true. There are different types of words for love in the Greek language, and, and, and we try to remember what, what Paul is using there. But it's much simpler than that because— the example that Paul gives to us is we're to love our wives like Jesus loves us. And so we have a we have a living example all around us and how we feel loved by God. And the reality is, how does he love us? Well, he loves us, first of all, with a, a sacrificial love. In other words, we're not just to love our wife in the way that we feel loved or the way that we want to love. But it's a great question for us men to ask ourselves, what what do we do? What things do we do that make our wives feel loved and encouraged? And, and, and that might be, you know, spending quality time with her, as certainly is the case with my wife. It, it might be, you know, getting her things that, that make her think that while I was out and about, you know, she's special and I, I got this for you. It might be helping out around the house. It, it might be just, you know, telling her that she's beautiful and wonderful. And, and as we know, all those things are important. It's not that we don't want to do all of those things, 
but there, there's one or two on that list that is that is more important to your wife uh, than 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 all the rest. And so I know for for me in these 23 and a half years of growing in marriage, you know, it's certainly being learning what does my wife feel makes her feel loved in the best way and and learning to do that, learning to for my wife, you know, in particular, just, you know, learning to have that quality time for us to be together and for me to ask her how she is doing and and to listen to what happened throughout her day and or her week. And then and then how did that make her feel and, and how did those things do? And that's something that isn't natural to my makeup. It isn't something that I, you know, just had innately in me when I when we first got married. But it's been a wonderful process of learning to, to know how to ask the right questions and to make my wife feel um, loved by the interest I spend in her and the questions I ask her and the time that we get to be together. So, you know, that has been the, the most important thing I think I've learned in, in 23 years of being married together. And I do want to say that, you know, I love what you touched on in the sense that it doesn't come natural to you. And that's what I appreciate so much about you is that, you know, the, the way that we like to be loved comes natural to us. And so we expect it to come natural to everybody when in actuality it can be quite foreign. And so I love the way that you have pressed in to really try to learn and try to care and love me in that way. And I think for me, you know, I think as wives, sometimes we see things that we think are so important when it comes to marriage or parenting and and we can be divided about it constantly and constantly trying to correct and trying to fix and I remember a time um, specifically where we were dealing with that in our marriage and I, I remember a verse pointing like God pointing a verse out to me where he was just saying in there that a house divided cannot stand. And Jesus wasn't necessarily talking about marriage in that moment. But I remember God using that verse to cause me to remember that regardless of how right I thought that I was on these certain issues, that our calling as women to submit and to respect and to honor they're beautiful callings, and we will find our joy when we do those things. And to choose to trust God and believe God that no matter how important we think these issues are, that if we are constantly dividing the house over them, then that house cannot stand. We'll, we'll fall in our rightness, and that doesn't benefit anybody. And I think one thing, because maybe this is my two things, maybe I had two things, maybe it was three, I don't know. But um, I think, you know, for a practical thing for us, one thing that I have seen be very beneficial is that we have started a few years ago a thing where we're always reading a marriage book together. And, you know, I'm not talking about reading an entire book in a day or a week or an entire chapter even in a day because, you know, it's real life and who has time for that. But we aim to read just a couple of pages every day out of a marriage book, a good godly Christian marriage book, because there's so many out there. I think you should write one too, but... Anyway, there's so many out there, and um, I've seen it be beneficial because, you know, 
again, as wives, and I know, you know, there's a whole 80-20 rule, right? Like there's the tendencies and propensities, but there's always the differences as well. And so I know it's not every wife, but I think that at least I can tend to be more emotional. And so even the things that I want to work on or talk about, when I am talking about them, they come across in a very emotional way. And so if I can find a good marriage book, you know, it really, I think, helps us to do a few things. It helps us to be focusing on building up our marriage to remember that there is an enemy and he does want to destroy our marriages. And so it's putting that time and effort into building something that is godly and beautiful and will last. But then also, it's a good way for us to kind of hear what each other are thinking through a non-emotional author where it's just words on a page. And so I think that I've seen that be very, very beneficial to us in, you know, just loving and respecting and circumstances. And yeah. Yeah, because we see it also, you know, with um, your children sometimes like you, you tell you tell your kids things as parents and 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 then a youth pastor or a teacher or someone else says the same exact thing and our kids just tend to react like oh this brilliant youth pastor this brilliant <laughs> teacher said this and as parents we, we kind of you know pull our hair out it's like i've been telling you that for 10 years but i don't think it's just a kid problem i think it's a human problem so because not just the difference of emotions but when it's coming from a spouse sometimes we naturally get defensive well i'm not that way and that's not what i meant and and that's uh, you know that that's a that's a podcast for another time but <laughs> but the reality is is that when someone else says it all of a sudden we're we're way more open because it isn't the the person that we are I think saying having a problem with is maybe too strong. Maybe it's not for what your marriage is going through. But <laughs> but the reality is, is like someone else is saying it. And so all of a sudden, brilliant. I, I can walk with that. And so it's great to have somebody else speaking into our lives. And I don't need the credit. I'm fine to give that credit to somebody else, you know, to say it or <laughs> whatever. Well, speaking of kids, we got so many questions on parenting, too. And like I said, you know, we're going to take the next few months to do these together and answer that. But what is one thing as we've raised our 21-year-old, 19-year-old, and 17-year-old, what is one thing that sticks out to you as as of primary importance in parenting? I think for me, the most important thing is modeling for them what uh, they're supposed to do, especially when it comes to, you know, their relationship with Jesus. But but actually even even more than that, you know, because you can talk at people. And, and of course, the, the old adage, you know, do as I say, not as I do is probably the worst parenting advice ever given ever. Instead, we are to, to demonstrate for them. And and yes, you know, demonstrate for them spirituality. You know, I, I think uh, any 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 parent that wants their kids to read their Bible to pray, to make godly decisions, and if they're not, uh, that, that's the height of hypocrisy, and it's preaching a totally different message to their kids, and so I think it's important for my wife and I that we read our Bibles, and we read it out and open and right in front of them so they can see that it, it's important to us. It's important that we pray together and pray with them together so they can see that's important to us, and that we try the best we can to live out those principles in our lives, but, but, but that brings up another point because Certainly, it's not my point to, to put out here today that that means you have to be a perfect parent or a perfect human because we're not.
not. And we fail and we make mistakes. And so I think it's also important to model for them, you know, asking forgiveness. And, and mom or dad made a mistake here. We had an attitude that wasn't biblical here. Would you forgive me? Because we got to remember that our kids are also imperfect people. So when they see us own up to our mistakes and confess them as sin and ask for forgiveness, then they can learn that's what I need to do in my life. I'm, I'm not expected by my parents to be perfect. I'm expected by my parents to try to, to apply the biblical principles to my life. And then when I fail, to be quick to repent and to go in a different direction. And it certainly applies spiritually, but it should apply in all areas. You know, I, I want to teach my kids how to be hard workers. I want to teach my kids how to be good with their money. I want to teach my kids how to love people and to, to be hospitable and all those things that we want them to learn. It starts with us having to model it in our own lives uh, in front of them. So that's, that's the best one for me. And I have to say, you've done such a good job in that. I remember um, Haley had some friends over and I think one of them gave you one of the highest compliments that I think a pastor can receive. And she said, wow, you're the same person at home as you are on the stage. And, you know, and it takes humility and it takes um you know, it takes choosing to not dwell on things. I know that I would get so disappointed in myself if I would mess up. And you were constantly saying that to me, like, it's good. You know, they're going to mess up as parents and mess up as people. And so you're teaching them how to mess up and how to apologize and how to move forward. And so I've always appreciated that um, element about you. And I think for me, you know, and we talked about this a little bit about the about this in the last Titus two podcast. But one of the stories that has always stuck out to me in parenting is where the dad brings the demon possessed son to Jesus, or he brings him to the disciples first, and and then Jesus says, "Bring him to me." And it says that the dad brought the son to Jesus, and you know, <laughs> my kids are not demon possessed, and I'm assuming yours are not either, although. I think every kid looks a little demon-possessed at one time or another, if I'm honest. <laughs> but, um, you know, that has always been one of the most important factors of parenting is just to be able to bring them to Jesus, to know that it's not up to us. <clears throat> you know, if I thought that every single one of my words was solely responsible for shaping my kids, that would be terrifying. <coughs> Sorry. And um, it's such a great thing to be able to know that that Jesus is responsible for shaping our kids and that when we don't know what to do, which I mean, I think at every age, I know some people were like, talk about having babies, talk about having older kids, talk about having adult kids, talk about having kids in the ministry. And we will go on to talk about all of those things over the next few months. But, you know, at any age, stage, circumstance, relationship, difficulty, I'm so grateful for the ability to be able to bring our kids to Jesus, to be able to bring them before his throne of the one who created them, the one who formed them, fashioned them, knows what he has for them. 
to be able to to pray for them and watch God do the work that maybe my words would not be able to produce that goodness within them, but to be able to pray on their behalf and to watch God produce that goodness within them. And then also to bring them to Jesus, to teach them to have their own relationship with Jesus. I think I said this last month too, but you know, I remember one specific instance where we were just wrestling with one of our kids in a certain area and had said every had said every possible reprimanding word we could, had given every lecture, had given every punishment, and yet this situation still remained in their heart. And then I remember one day after that kid read the Bible, they came and shared a verse with us that pertained to exactly what that was. And God had changed their heart. And, you know, like Jason said, I, I've never quite understood the parents who don't want their kids to be a part of a youth group because youth pastors can say things and praise God for some reason the kids listen. And so I'm always praying for godly influences to speak into my kids' lives, even if they're saying the same things that we say. But if we teach our kids to be in God's word, then God is going to speak to their heart. And when he says something, it lasts and it surpasses circumstances and ages. And it's just words that sink deep into their heart. And so I think for me, that would be my primary importance is the fact that we can bring our kids to Jesus and teach them to run to him and we can run to him on their behalf as well and so do you have anything else you want to say no i think that's so good and it's a great place <laughs> for us to kind of close this session down and we can get yes. more details with certain things later but uh just appreciate you christy and just the way that you have demonstrated for our kids uh how to be a wife, how to be a mother, um, how to love them, how to, how to teach them, and then and then bringing them to Jesus. It's been awesome to watch our kids develop, and it's such a joy to see all three of them walking with God and loving God. And are they perfect? Absolutely not, but neither are their mom and dad. And so it's a great way to just seeing them have their own relationship with God and grow, and it's a joy to, to partner with you in a part of it and to uh, partner with you in this podcast today. It's so fun, and yeah, I think you're pretty amazing and pretty perfect and so glad to be married to you and raise our kids with you and i think that's it and so as far as the titus 2 we will see you guys in april thanks for listening and tuning in to the growing in the sun podcast don't miss out subscribe and i'll see you here next time and let your words burn deep.